Hey guys, welcome back to the Unfriend Lovely podcast. I'm Jessie. And I'm Mariam, and today we're talking about career, work, and ambitions as a South Asian. Back with another episode where it's only me and Mariam. Just us two. Vidya's not here, she's ill. Um, Shout out Vidya, she's got COVID. R.I.P. Corona. She's here in spirit and I'm sure she she really wanted to be here and and chat to our lovely guest. Hi guys, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Shilpa. I am nothing special, but um, I run a little vlog on Instagram called Late Afternoon Thoughts. Um, And I'm also a management consultant in the financial services. And honestly, I'm just glad to be here and have this discussion with such great women. Um, so thank you for having me, guys. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm going to cry. First of all, she'll put you everything special. You can't say that. What? Oh, thank you so much. No, it's just something I started in my past, like in my free time. But um, I'm so glad it's taken off and I get to meet such great people like you guys. Okay, I'm going to stop now with the guessing. <laughs> <laughs> no, compliment is more. Please, please. Give me compliments. No, no, I will say, though, I think just before we get into discussion, just, you know, a, a, a reciprocal compliment. I think when you followed us, it was actually so nice. And, like, you messaged us. It was probably, like, the nicest thing you could have done, like, to... How old was it? Like, a week into our podcast. And it was like, oh, my God, a potential first guest or a potential yeah, guest. Yeah, we were so excited. We were like, oh, my God, people yeah. are reaching Lexi. out to us. No, yeah. no, as in, I think one of my friends, like, shouted you guys out. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so, like it's such a good conversation for brown girls to have and I just love the activism just so yeah (laughs) definitely well we're glad you're here today I guess the discussion today is going to be centered around sort of career as Mariam said career work and ambitions when you're South Asian so you mentioned you know you're a management consultant Mm -hmm. what sort of your current situation career-wise and where do you see yourself aspiration-wise So yeah, as I mentioned, I'm a management consultant at the moment. Um, I am just 22 going on 23. So I would say at this point in my life, I'm really just looking to learn and I'm new to the consulting world. So I'm really excited to see what's out there and network with as many people as possible and just really spend the next few years focusing on myself because, you know, I've, I've realized the importance of that just growing up in my community. Yeah, definitely. Love that. And I guess being a management consultant, what's sort of like a typical day like for you at the workplace? Oh, gosh, Um, it's not easy, (laughs) but it's a lot of uh, working with people, which is exactly why I wanted to get into this. I don't really want the nine to five staring at a computer with nothing else to do. But I mean, because of COVID, that's kind of where we are now. Yeah. but yeah, usually my day consists of meetings with uh, both people that I work with and my clients. And I basically help my clients deliver projects in a more like efficient way or um, yeah, I get a chance to be creative, basically. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I would say it's just honestly just a lot of calls, a lot of Word documents, <laughs> um, a lot of emails. Oh, my God. Is it dealing with difficult people at times? every now and then but luckily I would say um at my workplace everyone is honestly so lovely I'm so lucky to be there but um yeah you do get the odd sort of passive aggressive email (laughs) which you respond to with as much passive aggression as you can you know reciprocate hell yeah and you know you mentioned of course you run this amazing blog apart from like being a management consultant what else do you I guess do outside of work hobby wise or just like anything that might progress your career, whatever. So yeah, as a hobby, I really do enjoy dancing. And that's something I picked up at university. I was part of a dance society during my time there. And it was honestly the most fun I've had. I think I spent half of my course time doing dance, which is not very good. But um, In the lecture hall, like busting out a move. Sorry. (laughs) No, honestly, you're not wrong. But yeah, as in, I've, it's been something that I've tried to carry on through to like post-grad life, but it's, it is a bit difficult. Um, and I think other hobbies that I have is just normal 20-year-old, you know, like watching Netflix, binge <laughs> Yeah, I am trying to read more um, because I used to love reading as a child, but honestly, I it had been so long since I properly read a book. 
Um, oh yeah, I saw your um, <laughs> book recommendation. Was it like uh, it was like about a Malayali woman, right? Or yeah, family. So it sorry, was, it was um, the God of Small Things by Arundhati yeah. Roy, which I I did read a lot of like self help books that a lot of people recommended, but this was the first fiction book I read after such a long time, and it was just so much better. I you know we forget that fiction books aren't just for kids. Mm. Right. What is it about? Right, right. Oh, it's basically about, um, it's sort of like a social commentary, which is a bit deep, but it's in the fictional lives of these two fraternal twins who um, were separated for like 20 years and then now they're reuniting and there's a lot of like family drama and stuff. But it's, like I said, it's a really good social commentary and it's got a lot of things to think about. Mm, interesting. So yeah, I definitely would recommend Oh yeah, I want to get, I mean, I am reading, but I want to kind of, <laughs> not really into, into, I'm not into, but I'm not really reading much fiction right now. Um, but yeah, I think it's sort of the mentality, like, not that like fiction's for kids, but like, how is this helping me? But books don't need to be like that. It's just like sort yeah. of, escapism's always nice sometimes. Exactly, yeah. And I think we lose touch, like, the books that we read end up just being academic books and then we don't right. really want to look yeah. at another book for a long time but it's it's nice to you know revisit that mm-hmm. yeah, for, sure. for sure but yeah I guess since Shilpa kick-started sort of where she's at and what she's doing I thought we could go around in a circle and chat about where we are <laughs> and what we're doing Aww. so I'll go next um <laughs> basically I guess what I'm doing is I guess in a sentence is simply just working to help startups grow out their product and engineering team so I work in the tech for good space so I help startups that are specifically creating products that have a positive societal impact so I get to pitch a lot of creative ideas to candidates and make an impact with my work I guess because I'm ultimately sort of helping the future of these startups um and I get to work with, you know, a lot of C-suite stakeholders, so like CEOs or CTOs or COOs <laughs> to map out like hiring strategies. But yeah, it's sort of similar in the sense of conversating with a lot of people on a day-to-day basis, uh, mm. particularly like technical roles. So like developers, designers, engineering managers, DevOps, quality analysts, data engineers, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's really helped in the six months I've had this job. It's really helped sort of solidify my knowledge in the field and mm. it's definitely reinforced my passion for tech and has given like confidence in communicating like in a technical manner and I guess there's been a lot of emphasis on like self-development I guess outside of work I, I do enjoy doing other things so I sort of learned how to code last summer um and so like again related to the tech field so I enjoy like coding for those who code like I do front-end languages so JavaScript HTML CSS React and then back-end is a bit of Python um but I'm currently doing something I'm not going to share but I'm like excited for like future prospects of it and other than that running a podcast so I actually give kudos to like you Shilpa for like running having a full-time job and then running like a page or like socials because my god I'm sure Marion you can relate it can sometimes get like to get on top of things and like have everything done before like so you're not so last minute can get yeah. bloody like <laughs> crazy it's exhausting. Um, although, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is. is and I think um I guess we are content creators so as content creators it it can be difficult to you know really just stick to the whole only make content if you're really happy like or you have something to say rather than just yeah. putting it out there for the sake of it yeah yeah for sure yeah. I mean I we're not at that stage yet and I hope we won't be because I feel like we're pretty new and we're like still sort of got a lot of ideas but um yeah making sure that the stuff we post is authentic <laughs> as well and then yeah. I guess just lastly what I do or lastly two things is recently I don't know if anyone else is but I recently sort of got into stocks and investing Again, like it's a sort of, is it? I don't. Is it a hobby? I don't know. It's just more like (laughs) it's an added source of income, and I actually Mm -hmm. genuinely enjoy like researching the market and like deciding what to invest in. Um, But once like COVID is over, I really want to get back into like martial arts, which would be cool. It's been like ten years, I think, since I was in it. But yeah, I need to get fit because staying inside, you just 
bloody yeah. everything <laughs> relate but, yeah. to that one heavy <laughs> that's the one i relate to yeah out of all of that that's the only thing i can relate to <laughs> what, what about you Mariam? where are you at in life oh my gosh i'm gonna sound so plain jane up against you two but um no you're not <laughs> god don't make me feel better um at, at the moment i'm just studying so i'm in uni i'm doing architecture um but between that and the podcast I don't really get time to do much else um I do a little bit of drawing here and there mostly like Shilpa said Netflix (laughs) is my go-to thing (laughs) but I guess just right now I'm not at the point of like talking to clients and you know having like those big clientele meetings but similar to you guys I do talk to people a lot and I I have a lot of communication and I network a lot with different architects and students and you know just making sure that I'm doing the most for my project and getting the most value out of the people around me. What's an architecture degree like because I've heard like I've had a friend I've had a friend I have a friend (laughs) who I have a friend who like is also doing architecture and it's just like crazy nights of just drawing like till 4am or whatever <laughs> no that is so true I'm literally up like all the time no sleep but I will say that it is really work intensive like mm. you have to be producing work all the time like no breaks which I'm not that good at I'm constantly giving myself breaks which probably aren't well deserved or <laughs> deserved enough um but yeah I guess it's just one of those things where if you don't put the effort in, you don't put the time in, you're not going to get your end result. And it's so precise, right? Because I remember you said, I remember you sent like videos of like you drawing, I don't know, like a bunch of lines and you're like, this isn't right. And I'm like, uh, it looks pretty straight to me. Yeah, nah, the lines have to be perfectly straight. <laughs> but yeah, I can't no. imagine. it's tough. That's I hate so it when cool people though. say that though. It's just lines. It's just drawing. No. <laughs> Actually, no. I used to make fun of uh, one of my friends who I think he did uh, product design or something and mm-hmm. I'd just be like your course is just drawing circles <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> it's just a piss him off <laughs> I want to kill anyone who says that to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I spent all morning researching fish and people are telling me it's boring I know it's so oh random God, but okay. my project is like designing something for fish so god oh, it's wow. crazy <laughs> yeah mm. Well, it's cool because it seems like, you know, we're all connected via social media. So we're all like sort of content creators, um, but we're all like doing different, very different things in life, whether that's like still in uni or like job wise, we're all different. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, we asked sort of a choose your side question to, to our listeners in terms of like STEM versus arts. Um, it was pretty close. So it was like 46% chose STEM and 54% chose arts when this when we initially put this out like 30 30 minutes in an hour in it was very much STEM and then over time it went 50 50 I guess what sides are we on arts I'm on STEM (laughs) I'm on STEM (laughs) I would say I'm like equal split between both oh (laughs) diplomatic (laughs) no I I would say naturally um probably more like stem I did study like I studied biochemistry at university and um I I like stuff like maths so to be honest actually I do see where you're coming from though because like Mm -hmm. although like I'm very oh tech 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 I do enjoy like the creative side of things whether that's in tech itself or like we know our podcasts or our blog as well yeah, there's a no, sense yeah, of creativity creati- involved. Creativity comes in like so many different forms. Yeah, mm. for sure. I guess touching on like, as I mentioned, we're all from different paths, we're all doing different things. What's, I guess, some struggles that we might have faced in the workplace or in our institutions, being South Asian or being females, perhaps, like actual experiences firsthand or such things that you might have seen? Um, I would say personally, as I mentioned, I'm only a few years into my career um, so I haven't really faced anything too well problematic yet, but I have heard of my seniors who are females facing a bit more sort of institutional sexism or something like that. Um, but I think personally, for me, it has been more sort of adjusting to the workplace because I've always been in environments where it sounds quite bad, but I've been surrounded by people of my own kind. 
So, I mean, I went to school um, in a predominantly white area, but my life outside of school was entirely with like my community and family. Um, so there was always sort of a similarity in thinking, um, right. but in the workplace, it's very different. And um, I mentioned on my blog as well, things like imposter syndrome or just working on your confidence and stuff that is I feel like we might struggle with that a little more well someone from my background anyway might struggle with that a little bit more than um maybe like my male counterparts or my white counterparts um but yeah I think personally for me that's been the problem just sort of like finding myself and finding my feet and my confidence mm-hmm. I think just touching on that point sort of yeah you know in not not now but in like perhaps prior internships or experiences you know being one of or very few mm-hmm. um pocs in, in the team mm-hmm. um can be like an issue i remember one time i was applying I, I, for an internship at tesla and i think the first first interview i had was with like a punjabi woman and i just when i saw her i don't know why i felt because so, i was really nervous for this when i saw her i was so relieved and it put me at a level of like comfort not that I would have felt uncomfortable with, I don't know, someone who is white or, or et cetera, but I think there was a sense of, again, like relatability and seeing someone who looked like me work in that environment. Definitely. Um, yeah. But otherwise, probably things like teammates' ignorance in like perhaps using South Asian stereotypes as jokes, um, oh, yeah. you know, that's encountered in like everyday life as well as just work, but it's in work as well. Oh, yeah, um, I think especially also the name thing. I'm sure you guys probably have related spelling names wrong yeah exactly yeah (laughs) and then I think other than that would probably be um sort of the whole performative or like superficial actions of a workplace in promoting inclusion and diversity sort of like seeing it Mm. as a checkbox to fill rather than like genuine um efforts but I would say that I don't think I've experienced firsthand anything scarring during work or university and I'm glad like where I currently work it's a place that's like driven by diversity from race gender sexuality and like the people we hire so it very much encourages like voicing your opinion so I'm glad that you know I'm in a workplace like that and I don't have to experience the prior things what about you Aaron? what's Greenwich like god Greenwich I mean I don't really have much to say again like you two I've not experienced anything problematic what's the world of architecture like in terms of people of colour, male, female? I think art careers in general, not just architecture, are pretty ethnically diverse. Um, and there's an equal amount of male students and female students. But I think when you go into a profession and you're like building your career in architecture, it's, it's difficult as a woman. Like I think statistically it's something like 20% of the architects registered architects are women oh wow compared to like the 80 percent that are men um but isn't that like chefs isn't that like chefs though like you know a lot of female women a lot of female women a lot of women cook but then like the the split between male and female chefs is more towards male can i as in why do you think that is i mean if you know (laughs) i think architecture and art degrees in general are kind of like a different ball game um actually no maybe not I think the female struggle is kind of universal in that sense where careers that are so heavily male dominated make it really difficult for women to do better and Mm. and get employed in better positions and and reach a higher standard just because I feel like men kind of look down on women they're not seen as worthy enough or like they're not capable enough compared to their male colleagues and course mates. Oh yeah, that's like STEM, yeah. That's like all around yeah. the board. Yeah. That's just being a woman. That's just a struggle of being a girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just get undermined for being your gender. There's definitely a little bit of mansplaining, which, you know, you can't really go a little bit. too far without. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I think because I, I was one of the youngest people on my grad scheme, And a lot of people, I don't know if it's, see, I couldn't tell if it was like sexism or racism or ageism, but a lot of people (laughs) sort of assumed that I didn't know what I was talking about. Wow. Um, Yeah. Just, I mean, okay, not a lot of people, but a few people, (laughs) there's always a few. Um, Yeah. But yeah, as in that was a little bit annoying and I think more so annoying that I couldn't pinpoint why. Right. Mm. Did that ever like 
make you feel frustrated or like change in the way you might present yourself or oh no as in I would just I didn't really think I had anything to prove so I would just carry on normally and you know over time because this happened in the first like few months over time people realized that we're actually all just on the same platform because we're all on the same grad scheme I was doing the grad scheme with like people who had an MBA and everything and of course like there is a difference there but at the end of the day we're all in the same position so we should all respect each other just as much Mm -hmm. yeah that must have been pretty detrimental to like your confidence though Mm, I don't see I think at that point in my life I was just able to take it in my stride and I do of course appreciate that I don't because if there's no time or space for you to sort of let it impact your confidence if you want to move forward that is you can dwell on it Mm. for a while and you know make it into something but um I'm so sorry creaky floorboard in the back um but yeah you can you know make it into a big deal if you want to but I personally chose to just take it in my stride and ignore them if you know I am they are making me feel any sort of way does that make sense I think that same mentality should be applied across the board to art students as well because I think a lot Mm. of creative students really take it to heart when they get critiqued because our whole degree is like constant mm. critiquing and constant judgment from our tutors and yeah. teachers and yeah. course mates. That's the difference between like STEM and arts because arts is very subjective. So if someone doesn't... Right. See, I obviously it hits me harder if someone doesn't like my writing rather than someone doesn't like what I did at work yeah. today. It's like um, if you co- yeah. if you co- if you um, write a piece of code, someone points out an error, it's, it's, an, yeah. it's a factual error. Whereas like yeah. if you draw something out and someone doesn't like it, it's like, oh... oh. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you get you it's get a... factual elements in in within art as well, but I I, I see where you're coming from. Mm. It is tough because it's you you put like so much time and effort and thought into something, and then for someone to be like, nope, it's, it's, yeah. it's hard. But then isn't that isn't that just like if it's subjective, isn't that th- that piece of art is just not for that person? Oh, it's hard to think like that in a world that's run on like gratification, though. Right. But also, I think there's obvious. Um, this is bad, this is good as well, sometimes. Sure. <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to take it and know that what you've done is shite and carry on. <laughs> yeah. You know, having discussed the, the struggles and the issues that we face both at uni and at the workplace, I guess it'd be interesting to touch on, like, cultural and societal expectations as possibly an explanation for these. You know, being three women that too mm-hmm. South Asian, I'm sure there's things within the community and, and sort of, a whole mentality thing that that could be addressed here? Yeah, definitely. I think um, just going back to my answer earlier about how my most of my struggles were about like mental well-being and confidence, I think not entirely, but partially my upbringing is to blame for that. Um, or I can see where, you know, it might have impacted me because growing up, my parents weren't really the like outwardly supportive kind. They they wouldn't really like celebrate my little wins or anything like that. Um, so I had to grow sort of a resilience to not getting appreciation or not getting um, like a big party when I graduate or anything like that. So like anything that I did, especially as a girl, I think, and I'm the oldest daughter of a family. So um, anything that I did is just sort of like good, ex- like that's expected. Now what's next? Um, that kind of attitude. Um, so... I think a lot of my sort of reluctance to appreciate myself comes from there because, you know, I didn't see anyone else give me appreciation until I got to, like, university and then I had my own life and then people were sort of appreciating the things that I was doing and I was like, okay, um, this is weird, I can't compute this. (laughs) Um, And then I had to sort of just accept that okay no what I did was worth appreciation so I should let myself have it and I think um I wrote a post on this as well and a lot of people messaged me saying that they relate which is a little bit it's just a little bit upsetting that you know so many of us have lived our lives going through this and not feeling like we should be appreciated and sort of like the whole thing around mental health Mm -hmm. and, and well-being issues you know that stem from tradition, like the whole lo- lo- yeah. you know, or the whole pressure yeah. on 
grades doing extremely well because like just well is not good enough yeah um i don't know i don't know if um i just whenever like this question type of comes up i always think of that bollywood film three idiots Mm because that just explains sort of this whole um thing very well it's it's all a um, bit performative at times isn't it look at my child look at her child (laughs) you're not doing this like her yeah but do you know that that guy sells drugs oh i don't care he got 80 percent in xyz constant comparison yeah yes for sure just going back to like um what what jesse just said the community that i grew up in it was very much like it sounds so typical but the whole like you're a doctor or an engineer (laughs) or you're a failure kind of thing was very prominent um because i don't think i can name very many people that were like ahead of me or older than me that weren't doctors or engineers and parents would do everything to make sure that their kid did that like i know a lot of people that have gone to bulgaria or like abroad um to like really pursue their dream um but yeah as in i think a lot of parents had impact on that as well and my parents did try to sway me in that direction and i i did want to do medicine at one point but I think mainly because that's all I was exposed to. Same. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> See, every brown kid thinks that their calling is, you know, medicine, but then you realise there are a hundred other jobs out there. When you get into year 12 and you realise everyone's failing at becoming a doctor <laughs> and the amount of pressure, and you're like, shit, I've just wasted all this time. I want to be a fucking neurosurgeon. And I realise oh it's 20 God. years. Are you stupid? Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this is literally me. I... Went into sixth form doing biology, <laughs> chemistry, maths. Like, neglecting. Oh my God, yes. Literally, no, I neglected my art. No. I neglected, because I grew up being really into music and singing, you know, I was always in choir. I was so and, into um, art as well. Oh my yeah. God, me too, yeah. Literally, I, I was, I'm, I'm like a born artistic, creative person. And I was Amazing. trying to, like, force myself to become this intellectual medical mm-hmm. student and but oh were my you, gosh but, but were you forcing yourself or were you in this like idealistic mindset that this oh my god this would be so cool you know okay I mean? no i think one thousand percent i embodied like the a doctor intern- no i embodied this like <laughs> idea of internalized model minority do you know what I mean? Wow, wow. that's heavy. Of like, I am brown, therefore all these. Because I went to a really white school, and sure. all the like <laughs> ethnic, ethnic, ethnical. What's the word? Ethnic. <laughs> ethnic. How are you gonna just say a big word and then struggle? On in that it, one? in it. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> all the. It's all about balance. <laughs> all the ethnic people that I actually had at my school that were like Arab or Middle Eastern were really smart. And I always used to compare myself to them and be like, mm. I want to be like that. Like, I want to be that A-star student. I want to be in the top set. And I just was not built for that. Isn't it a shame that, like, indirectly, you've just said, you know, all my smart friends with this, this, this. It's kind of implying that, like, an arts vibe would be the opposite of, like, smart. I think the definition of smart still has a long way to go. Like, it's not as right. yeah. much of an umbrella term as we hope it would be yet. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of people said this as well, like that responded to toxic things, mm. <laughs> sort of like someone said, become a doctor and whatnot. If you're not <laughs> a doctor, you're not, you're not shit. I majored in psychology. So my grandma told my extended family that I'm a brain surgeon. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I think that's just, that's just funny, man. I'm so sorry, but like. Yeah, man. That's it's sad think, funny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As in, I, Luckily, I think I think my parents were coming at it from an angle that was like, um, you know, you have job stability if you're a doctor. Um, you can go oh, yeah. anywhere and you can get a job. Like, you don't have to worry about being hired and fired, like in the corporate world or anything, which, you know, has some truth in it. But right. um, I think... But not everyone's looking yeah. for job stability. That's true, yeah. No. See, I was thinking about this earlier, um, like why our parents push certain careers onto us and you know ultimately why we end up feeling so much pressure but I was thinking of it in terms of like their perspective so they've moved to another country you know from back home they've moved for I guess a better life better opportunity and they want us to use that to our advantage and reap the benefits of it I guess um and reach our maximum potentials that 
they see in us. They don't want their children, quote unquote, going through the same thing. But it probably is kind of driven by financial stability because, you know, like... Of what they've been through. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's another reason as to why art degrees and art jobs aren't as respected in our communities. Just because it is so difficult to graduate and find a job that allows you to be financially stable. Um, Marion, what's it like um, being in your community then as an art student? Like, what does the wider community think about that? If not that you should care, but I'm not a part of any. I'm not part of any big brown community. I try oh to God, stay away so from. Good. <laughs> I do. Yeah, literally, it's so good. I think I'm really blessed. Actually, I try mm. to stay away from it just because it's so toxic. Right, um, that's good. But yeah. I think. The reason the reason I picked architecture was because it's such like a middle ground. It's like smart, but right. it's equally as like creative. Mm. So it's kind of like it's not here nor there. It's kind of a mixture of both. Um, but I think Vidya would have been so good to talk about this because <laughs> she's literally a full on art student. Miss you, Vidya. Um, miss you. Hope you're listening. <laughs> but have you ever felt okay? Like you said, you chose this chose architecture because you know it fits well in terms of balance between. Um, I don't know, like being maybe factually driven versus creatively driven. Um, yeah. Have we ever felt restricted in what career or what we could choose job-wise? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, man. This is so funny, but my dad still talks about me doing medicine. He's like, oh my child, medium, medicine. <laughs> I'm a year in. What you want about? <laughs> yeah, man, it's been too long. Allow it now. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. What about you, Shofa? Like I mentioned, my parents were very keen on medicine just because they like financial stability. Can you hear me? Wait, you guys cut off. You both cut <laughs> you off. You said hello. Me? You <laughs> both cut off. Shofa was just talking. That's what she, just, she just went. She just went. What? She just went. I'm sorry, it was so funny. Hello? <laughs> Oh no! Oh, Did I disrupt your <laughs> flow? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Oh my god! I know you want to keep oh. that in. So let me let me ask the question again. Yes, please. <laughs> have, you, have you ever um have you ever felt like restricted in what career you could choose? <laughs> I'm sorry. How did she go from 100 to zero so quick? <laughs> I need a second. <laughs> okay. Um, have I ever felt pressure? Okay. Yeah, so I think my parents were very keen on um, the whole medicine idea, just for the like job stability and financial stability aspect. But um, in my like wider community, because fortunately and unfortunately, I was part of one. Um, a lot of the parents were, you know, they do the little talking behind your back thing, right. um, you know, that we're very well known for. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they do that like. Um, in the parents' generation, which is a little bit more detrimental to us than it being in our generation, I think, because then you get you that think? feeling that you've... Yeah, because then when your parent comes and tells you, you get the feeling that you've disappointed someone, whereas right. if someone is talking about you, you are more likely to just be like, okay, so what? Whereas if your parent is now like, oh my God, so-and-so saw you with so-and-so, you don't just want to be like, okay, so what? I do, but... Um, you, it's also like tinged with a little bit of guilt, like, oh my God, did I just disappoint her or did I disappoint them? Um, yeah. You know, for me, I would say it's actually the other way around. Like, I'm, oh, like okay. I think it's because I'm like grown up in an environment where I'm an only child with like a single mum. So it's sort of my environment is very much like just the two of us. So growing up, I really didn't care, like, if a family member was talking behind my back, because I, like, just couldn't really give a shit about them, as rude as that sounds. <laughs> um, but I think the detrimental thing comes in is maybe I cared too much about what essentially strangers might have thought, like, you know, other people, friends of friends, X, Y, Z, whatever. Um like, am I impressing them? Will they be my friend? Uh, mm. Whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, I definitely don't have that anymore. But yeah, I definitely didn't care about maybe what family thought because at the end of the day, That's it was so just good. like me and my mom. But yeah. Yeah, because my mom definitely, like, of course, her intentions were good, but um, she was very much like, you know, don't make other people say things about you. Don't, like, very, very low care going, right? 
and mm. um, she always was very like serious about the fact that if you do anything wrong us like we'll be the ones who are blamed or looking bad in front of the community so it's it's like the whole you know the family's honor is on you it's it's so weird but um, yeah like you're representing them exactly (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i think that's definitely something that we need to unlearn and probably not carry on to the next generation because it's it's a heavy you know burden and sorry yeah going back to your question (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah so in the community a lot of people would just be like oh my god is she not doing medicine that just automatically means she's not doing anything with her life right really yeah so Mm. i had like a bunch of girls who were similar age to me and everyone pretty much everyone went ahead and did medicine and i was one of the only people who didn't um and at the time everyone was like okay so she's a failure then right and it i guess it kind of got to my parents as well because they'd like tell people oh yeah she's doing biochem I'm not really sure what she's going to do afterwards with that but um... but that in itself is so amazing I know biochemistry is is so amazing I know (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) but it's not medicine so it's it's just not Mm. it doesn't hold a candle to it apparently um but yeah and then you know if you fast forward to now I've I'm really happy with my career and where I am and like I'm not gonna say that you know I'm more successful than them or anything but I'm definitely on par at least (laughs) but I am (laughs) (laughs) no no as in yeah because you know in the Indian community just doesn't know that success comes in so many different ways and you know especially yeah as a girl I think like there's the whole you know the whole thing about having a career let alone like which one right Right. Um, so, I mean, if you're gonna go to the efforts of being a girl and studying afterwards and not just getting married straight away, then you might as well make the most out of it by doing medicine or something like that. Um, and yeah, seeing like having a career is yeah. more like a means to an end yeah. than achieving something. It's more like money again. Exactly. And I mean, I know a lot of girls in my community who have pretty much just done a degree for the sake of it and then got married straight away so I'm assuming that's what those aunties or whatever thought that I was going to do as well touching on that yeah have you ever heard of like you can do this once you get married not now oh my god all the time shadi kebab personally I haven't never ever had that I mean your mum your mum sounds like a boss (laughs) Jessie yeah she's very like fuck everyone else you amazing do. <laughs> yeah exactly Shadi Kibad, like um I would say after like ever since I turned like 16 and then I was like what the hell are you saying uh, before that I heard it a lot um the whole traveling thing oh my god my parents oh were just very much like you can travel after you're married um <gasps> yeah and are you stupid exactly like pay for two tickets rather than one are you mad <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to kind of go back to what you guys were saying before. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, Shilpa, you said that you were the oldest in your house, in your family, yeah. within your siblings. And then Jessie's obviously an only child. Mm-hmm. Um, Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> an only child, sorry. <laughs> you said it like it's a disease. <laughs> an only <laughs> child. Oh, God. The song She's got known. only child syndrome. <laughs> no oh my god that's not how I meant it but anyway um just touching on that I think my experience was so different in terms of like I'm one of the youngest in my family extended as including my extended family so I have a brother who's like so successful and he followed exactly what my dad wanted him to do and then I have my Mm. cousins who are doing engineering law medicine who are my age at the same time doing those degrees. And I think Mm. that is also a massive pressure. Yeah. Like comparing yourself to other people, not just family expectations, but... And just like around the topic of marriage, again, um, a lot of people, this was a lot of stuff that people had said as well. Someone said, as a girl, your education and career, etc. is also you can get a good husband. Mm. Um, Someone said parents, parents' generation especially... Um, girls' education is not prioritised and they're forced to rely on men so women can't leave marriages and be independent. 100%. Um, so. I think, like, <laughs> of the negative things my 
mum has done, I think one of the most like positive things is that she has definitely encouraged me to be financially independent um, before getting married because like you always need a leg to stand on. You, you always need to like have your own back basically and unfortunately the world revolves around money. You can't really have freedom without that. Um, so yeah, she's encouraged that and it's really good because I know like back home uh, a lot of women are in the same situation like they they don't have the right to work which is awful um and even if they get married even if they have good careers once they get married the, the guy's family will be like yeah you don't really you need leave to work. that now yeah, yeah. You, like being a mum is the best job in the world you can look after um you know your, your gra- our grandson and um like they'll always use the example of like oh look at Look at his mom. She stayed at home, and now he's turned out to be so great. And yeah, as in, I've heard that so many times through people. It's so. Awful. I think there's Such nothing a... wrong with being like a a, a, <clears throat> a stay at home mum, but I don't. I think it's yeah. the expectation that like this is what you have to be now once you're married. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. No, just taking away that agency, like the right to make that choice yourself. Sort of like you're in debt, or like you need to serve these people, this family now. <laughs> you served us, and now it's the next one. Yeah. And I also like don't like the idea of when you get married, you become your husband's family's like daughter. Like you leave one family right. and go to the other. It's, yeah, I find that so weird. Never got that. We have a lot of weird traditions. <laughs> we do. Um, since we're talking about like you know, I guess specifically being a female in in, in when you're South Asian, what is being a female? And being South Asian, like, in, in the real world of work, like, are we at a disadvantage? I think, yeah, as much as, you know, you don't want it to be an obstacle, you've just got to acknowledge that you might be, you know, based on your upbringing at a bit, at a more of a disadvantage, sorry. Um, just because coming from me, like, I think I have a lot of, lot more work to do at the age of 22 than like my peers just because I have a lot to unlearn and a lot to work on myself and also things like financial stability looking after my family looking after my sister um it's it's sort of like taking five classes in like college when everyone else only has to take one it's it just seems a bit imbalanced yeah Um, I definitely agree in terms of like being a person of color and being a female you're mm. sort of disadvantage levels compared to a white male mm-hmm. there's a lot of difference there again sort of touching on the amount of effort you have to put in um i guess from a perspective of like tech there's really still a lot of poor gender and racial diversity mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i remember reading this report from mckinsey and co and they were talking about you know um sort of w- women in the workplace and and how like less women were promoted to a manager level than men and the gaps even larger for like black women latinos Mm -hmm. and and not many women hold like managerial positions anyway um but as well as that in the world of tech like not just in the workforce but the actual products that they're making are sort of filled with bias so another example is like i think i was reading something to do with ai and mm. their research showed that <clears throat> the pictures that they showed to this um, uh, artificial intelligence were more likely to label those stood in the kitchen as women and those with a, like a gun, oh like men. There was even one example where there was a man stood in in front of a stove and in front of a stove, uh, so an oven, and he was labeled as woman. Oh my um, God. <laughs> so it, I mean, like stuff like this um, could amplify uh, biases a lot more. Like I remember <laughs> one time. In, I don't know why I'm laughing, but in uh, Google, I think they accidentally um, sort of demonstrated this when um, one its service, I think, tagged like black people as gorillas, which was really messed up. Um, I think the whole issue is like you can't really program these things without human bias. So it exists for sure. Um, and, and a lot of people agreed with that as well, that people definitely think there's a difference between how girls and boys treated in careers and, and work aspirations, 87% think that they're not treated equally, whereas 30% did. If I can just mention something quickly as well, um, I think in a way we 
have more pressure on us because we as as bad as it is it's pretty recent that women like came into the workplace right oh so recent so we've sort of fought for our right to be here so we have to make them see that it was worth it like we're representing all of women we are like even though there's like men don't have a need to do that right they're just like okay yeah you're a man get a job like progress your career well it's easy for them yeah yeah and as a woman you have to like I just feel like you you have more representation to do. You are like the um, what's the word? Like ambassador of your your kind. You have to do well so that everyone takes you seriously. I feel lucky, like in the sense of like being South Asian and still being allowed to, and not being having to like go through what is an acceptable career and what is not, um, or like going through a family that like puts gender and sexuality on careers and and work ambitions so definitely like being a girl and then on top of that having a supportive family um really does help you know all these issues and things that we've mentioned that are prevalent in our community where do we go from there what what do we need to do to to you know be that ambassador or be that pioneer in in changing things or what do we just do as, as a south asian i think um it depends what your personal problems are because like your upbringing is different to mine jesse so like, sure. we have different things to work on for example i pretty much the first thing i had to learn was that at some point i will have to disappoint someone and i have to be okay with that um just because i've always been taught to please everyone like our parents family friends community like my future husband just make sure everyone is happy all the time which is an impossible task um so yeah definitely just unlearning things from my community um like it's all good and well that we can respect the immigrant generation but we have to acknowledge their flaws as well um and sort of redefine our self-worth um and i think if you're looking to progress in your career or even hobby or passion whatever it is just build your own world of connections because the people for example the people that i've been exposed to like I mentioned, I didn't even know that consulting was really a career or there are half as many careers out there that, you know, I even knew of. Um, so, yeah, you have to build your own world of connections. If you want to sort of break out of that world um, and step into a new community, you have to network, um, use things like social media to your advantage um, and definitely just do as much work as you can before leaving it in the hands of fate. Um so yeah just broaden your own horizons and take charge of yourself because you know that's that's not something we're taught to do yeah like Shilpa said it's like understanding what you want not what your Mm -hmm. community or society wants so like Mm -hmm. I think the world of work and like workforces and what a career is and the types of jobs that are out there is changing so much and so quickly Mm. like sort of what is what can make you successful i.e being a youtuber like 20 years ago that was non-existent so i think it's very much time to get rid of like the old conceptions or what is seen as like an acceptable career and what isn't and also touching on something mariam said like a while back is you know the idea of comparison you have to have to stop comparing yourself to whoever whether they're in the same career or even worse different so if everyone was to do like the same thing or take the same route i feel like there'd be no fun or incentive to explore or change or take risks in life like I think there's a sense of beauty and everyone taking different paths whether that's to end up in the same place or like in whatever your definition of success is um because again it's it's all relative Mm. but yeah I think like it's nice to have confidence in yourself um at the things that you know you're good at doing but it's also nice to have confidence that the things you're not very good at someone else is like that's how we are moving ahead as humanity really that was pretty deep sorry <laughs> it's all right take it there <laughs> being more deep i'm just gonna top you on that one i guess like <laughs> you know talking about how we're all just 21 22 we're still at just at the start of our journey so like everything's a lesson and as Einstein said, when you stop learning <laughs> you start dying so oh when things don't work out you know other doors will open but at a stance I believe sometimes you've got to go and open those doors yourself rather than wait on it so especially in a time like this you know whether that's trying something new 
taking a leap of faith, trying again. Because I feel like that's what maybe I did um, and many of us are doing. Um, there's no such... I think I've learned this over time, but there's no such thing as awkward or embarrassing unless unless you let yourself feel that. Like, so what if you fail? Like, so what if your picture gets 11 likes, your blog post gets five likes? You've got to keep going, like, time and time again. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear the advice of, like, be consistent. And that's because it's it genuinely is true. Like, whether that's yeah. consistently being the same or consistently reinventing yourself, keep going. I think yeah. um, perseverance is great for so many contexts. Definitely. And I think, like, if you're really just shy about something, just just acknowledge the fact that, you know, maybe the first few things that you put out or first few pieces of content that you put out won't be that good. But it just means that you can move on from there. And now that is done, like you've done your worst. So now you can just keep going and, you know, get better. But you need to start from somewhere. You're never going to be perfect when you first start something. It's all about building and excelling. Why would you want to be? Yeah, exactly. There's no growth. Yeah, it'd be so boring. How are you going to have the excitement of going from three followers to like 300 if you're not going to let yourself live you know, that? You're yeah. going to be perfect first time round. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and we've like discussed this a few times during our conversation. But, you know, the idea of money. What do we feel mm-hmm. about this whole like sometimes, you know, are we too young to be chasing money? The whole financially stability thing. Is that something financially stable thing? Is that something we should be thinking about? I'm I'm going to like take a very feminist take on, as in have a very feminist take on this but um yeah definitely because um like financial stability is really important for women for the reasons that we mentioned earlier like just having a leg to stand on knowing that you know if you are in a situation where you don't feel happy you can walk out at any time right um you don't have to rely on anyone else and um like as materialistic as it sounds I am financially focused now because I have time to do that uh, to be financially focused and because it also brings freedom in many different aspects like I don't have to like I don't really need my parents to be okay with me doing something or buying something or Mm. going somewhere that I want to and it helps me live the life that I want to right that makes sense and I'm sure it it will for a lot of other women um who have grown up in a similar situation to me, it it just brings freedom, not just, you know, having money in the account, but like mental freedom as well from other people. I think I'm going to touch on more of the side of like chasing money. So I think, I don't think chasing money is like a terrible thing because like being mm. financially stable, being independent is, can open up a lot of opportunities and a chance to be like perhaps be more impactful in your life or, or get the things that you might want. Um, I think the issue is if that's the sole thing you're doing, it might be a problem. Problem because where are you going to go with all that money? Um, mm-hmm. Does money equate to like happiness? No, but it you know adds to it. it as you said, Shilpa, like being independent, having ownership over what you can and can't have. Or, but again, like money is like a social construct. I remember this. Um, I was watching this conference. I think it was like Steve Jobs and. Um, Bill Gates were having a chat. I think they were talking about Gates' philanthropy work, and they asked like Jobs what he thought of it. And I'm not—I can't say this quote like verbatim, but he said something like he's glad that Bill's realised there's no need to be the richest man in the graveyard. And I think that really hit me because, like, I guess you know, from a perspective of being a woman, it is different. But just you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to have everything forever. So why not strive to? do something that's perhaps more fulfilling so like you know you don't have to be the next Picasso or like Elon Musk or whatever but you know giving yourself purpose by loving what you do as opposed to I believe in loving what you do as opposed to doing what you love so yeah loving what you do um no matter how big or small it is and I think I again (laughs) I'm just gonna plug but um I did mention in a blog post as well that um although it seems like other people are just doing this you know insane altruistic philanthropy all the time um and you might feel a bit bad that you know you're chasing the money but because you have to right um it's you can have things on the side like you can put good out into the world just by listening to your friend that day who was in a bad mood or you know running a podcast 
<clears throat> sorry, uh, running a podcast that makes other people feel heard or writing for other people who feel like they have something to relate to. It's, it's something you can do in your free time. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be your whole life. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I do wholeheartedly hate those posts that emphasize if you're not doing X, Y, Z, you're not doing enough. Like they're the worst stuff that I see on social media because of course, I guess there's like perhaps, you know, there's the aspect of overworking and putting in more than the average hours to attain something. But I think it's the sense of not feeling like you're not doing enough if you can't attain or achieve that lifestyle because it's not, you don't need to do that. There's many other ways you can impact people's lives. Like you said, um, Shilpa, there's tons of different ways, like whether that's liking someone's post or asking how they are that day, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's a it's a privilege to be in a position where, you know, you can devote three years of your life um, to just traveling abroad and helping others. Like, I don't personally, I don't have the financial ability to do that. That's why I can't do that. Sure, you kind of already mentioned this, um, but, mm -hmm. you know, making sure you make the most of your existing connections, but also realizing that there's a whole world out there. I think it's really important yeah. not to stay for example the in the bubble you grew up in you know like Shopa, for example mm -hmm. staying in the community you were brought up in and for me my bubble was just me and my mum so where would I have gone like if I had stayed in that bubble like my mum didn't have many connections or environments or the environments I was exposed to were limited so taking that leap whether it's traveling going to uni doing an apprenticeship starting your own business growing on social media whatever try different things or just go and explore the world don't stay in a bubble um and and like in terms of your connections i fully agree with you like take advantage of who you know like with our podcast we were there like please can you like check this out every friend everyone we knew <laughs> yeah because why not i do that Amazing, all the yeah. time like if i have something out i'm like can you check this out you're my friend what the hell because you're part, and I, I also learned like whilst I was doing an internship or something, so the woman was like, "Take advantage of your own network," and that just stuck in my head. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if you want to follow me, follow me on LinkedIn. I am Jessie Panasar. Um, Let me do it right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get LinkedIn soon. No, um, <laughs> I'll follow you first person. I'll follow. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. Um, no, I was just about to say something. Yeah, no. Um, the whole like messaging others i mean at the end of the day no one is going to promote you anywhere near as much as you can promote yourself like no one is just going to wholeheartedly be advertising you 24 7 like yeah like you have to be your number one fan. yeah exactly like on linkedin i've recently started like if i see something i like of someone's and i don't know who they are i'll just still reach out to them and be like hey this is cool and i've like met and connected with so many interesting people like that who are like of future help or of like future sort of you know prospects which is cool to think about so being mm. proactive is is really cool as well there's a sense of Definitely. like cool it, it feels like nice and warm when someone like reaches out to you as well like hey saw this this is cool or like you vice versa as well so yeah i mean at the end of the day people love talking about themselves like who yes doesn't? exactly you ask someone what do they do so, and they, they exactly. love giving a little essay about it so definitely use things like linkedin and instagram to your advantage because um there are so many amazing like resources and platforms out there and especially if you're a woman you can be on social media and get your daily dose of like makeup or fashion fits and stuff but you can also learn and connect with ambitious career focused women um on instagram now because there's a lot more of that and if you look in the right places you'll find it um and I don't know about you guys, but I recently started using Clubhouse. Yes! Oh my God. I was just about to say. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Follow me on Clubhouse. Same. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, as in I have been spending a little too much time there. But it's so nice to hear um, like other people with the same yes. like thinking or thought process and perspective as you and especially like the brown community there is just amazing i really like i really appreciate it because i don't think I've, I've seen personally enough of that yes there's so much insightful content on there um but what kind of rooms have you been joining um there was some interesting ones about like overcoming failure does a degree still matter um 
I think I saw the Disney degree store matter one. That was quite interesting. Yeah. And then like, um, oh my God, there have been so many good conversations, but they're all like really um, well-rounded people. So like career focused people who also have a passion for like social media and connecting with others. And um, I think because Instagram is such a like 2D app and like most of most other things are Twitter and everything, um, it's hard to get a feel of what people are really like. Um, and how well-rounded they are but yeah I definitely recommend something like that I think from my end I'd recommend I guess from a tech angle go out and learn stuff like it's completely fine to be self-taught in the world of tech mm-hmm. um, practice your craft whether that's or, or get into the craft so whether that's taking courses on coding I did mine I did a few but like the one I started with was Code First Girls and that's specifically catered for girls to get into coding Um, which is a cool initiative but otherwise like doing you know there's plenty of free stuff out there and paid stuff out there as well um udemy google um makers a lot of stuff there and like sign up to newsletters i have signed up to a lot of newsletters and every monday morning i'm always reading um it uh, gives like a very good source of information for like the field you might be focused in so for me it's obviously tech like i've said 15 million times but yeah it's 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 good to be educated in in the field you're in um see what opportunities are out there what's going on how you can add to it or get involved um but yeah like shilpa said linkedin's great um social media is great use it to your full advantage don't be there's no like i said there's no such thing as being awkward or embarrassed reach Mm -hmm. out if they don't reply who cares they're not the not the person for you they're lost yeah exactly (laughs) so I mean, any advice that I would give is probably advice that I need to hear myself. Oh, <laughs> That's the best kind of um, advice. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I think I think being an art student, motivation's a really big issue, just staying motivated. Mm. And, and I guess looking at the right resources is something I struggle with, is finding the right thing. I think being on Instagram, you're always just looking at photos and everything just seems picture perfect. Yeah but it's easy to kind of get lost in that Mm. and kind of going out of your way to find true articles, true books, you know, real sources, real documentation. Mm. Um, Not waffle, not just like an Instagram (laughs) Not someone who just gives you something and then no substance. Like this person earned this much and this much time. You can do the same. Like what am I meant to do with that? And I'll say one thing. This is so off topic, but I actually hate all those meme pages. They're absolutely shit. Oh my god! I like muted pr- all of them. I muted all of them. I just I've unfollowed majority of them. <laughs> I've just I haven't unfollowed because people send me stuff and then you have to like request to. It's so annoying. <laughs> but I muted all of them. They perpetuate this terrible mentality of like what with whatever they're posting. And I so off yeah. it's a tangent, but I just wanted to vent that out. No, yeah. no, as in, it's... Good rant, girl. <laughs> so basically... <no. laughs> it's definitely, like, time that we can start being responsible of what we consume. Because, you know, when you're 15, yeah. that kind of goes over your head. But in our 20s, we can actually take accountability for that. And I think advice as well, uh, alongside resources, I'd probably give is... Add... Having an organised day is... I think it's really good for your mental health you sort of waking up early um going to sleep on time and and like having a day where you make the most of your hours because procrastination is an issue i feel so attacked (laughs) (laughs) you're a student oh my god that's that's jesse said no jesse said here you go mario (laughs) (laughs) you might as well put to-do list mario for you for you page (laughs) so yeah just adding a lot of like you know when people say there's not enough hours in the day there really is enough hours in the day you just gotta not procrastinate and and sort of put stuff into segments do it step by step um get rid of distractions it's a lot easier said than done yeah Yeah, but if you do if you do incremental steps it'll definitely work don't just go in guns guns blazing and that's for most things yeah But, but do definitely make the most of each day yeah, I would go um, in saying, I wouldn't go in saying, this week I'm going to do all this. Just be like, even if it's like this, for this hour I'm going to do this. And then step it up to, for this day I'm going to do this. Don't be too hard on yourself either. I think celebrating like small achievements throughout the day is 
is really good as well. Mm. And I think one of the most stupid things I did, so I experienced like both ends of the spectrum during the pandemic. I don't know about you guys, but um, my sleeping schedule was off. I was not going outside. I couldn't be freaking bothered with the day. <laughs> I was just doing my work and then carrying on. Um, but yeah, and then I started thinking about how I can change my routine. And then I went on YouTube and I looked at productivity routines, which just was the worst idea because I don't know how freaking Ashley Sometimes from... YouTube can be a gold mine though, can't it? But I guess in this case Sometimes, not. yeah. But I think it's sometimes it can be just like a glorified version of Instagram, like a bunch of yeah, like a your fake lifestyle. Five AM yeah. yeah, five AM New York smoothie routine or like <laughs> oh, that shut kind up. of Hi guys. I wake up at five AM, I drink some water, exactly. then I do my daily yoga. Um it's really good for your mind. And then I run ten K. <laughs> get in the bin yeah (laughs) yeah so that that i wouldn't necessarily recommend but like you said there are really good resources out there it's what works um, for you in it like yeah if you know you're not gonna get up at five don't get up at five (laughs) get some sleep set what's attainable don't don't set unrealistic expectations (laughs) realistic expectations hell yeah but yeah that was i think we gave some insightful advice um this was such a good discussion i actually enjoy you know, if we go back to the relationship and dating discussions, this was something I look for in my significant other. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, oh, off the, uh, just off the record. I mean, you, you can include this if you want to, but um, I have as in, yeah, no. So like most of these discussions come from discussions I've had with my boyfriend. And honestly, it's oh. just, it's another level. Like it's so it's nice, nice to isn't have, it? yeah. yeah, it's so nice to have a partner that like, I mean, first of all, respects you during these conversations because I've also yeah. met boys who are not like Oh that. my God, that's such a good point. Yeah. <laughs> no, a that really is. Yeah. It's about unlearning things, guys. Because there are some guys out there who genuinely believe in the idea of a woman earning less is for the best. Mm. Mm. I X, Y, Z as well, but, you know. 100%, yeah. You're not um, the focus of this episode, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's another conversation. I do enjoy discussions like this. And thank you, Shilpa, oh my God, for coming on and being our guest. No problem. So it's well overdue, but I'm glad it happened. (laughs) No, I'm glad too. You guys are so great to speak with. Um, Thank you again just for having me and yeah, (laughs) I had fun. (laughs) We had fun having you. Glad you did. And thank you guys. Thank you for joining us on this intellectual episode of Unfair and Lovely. Stay tuned for the next episode. See you then. Bye. 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 Hello? <laughs> <laughs>